He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. Before a bridge keeper now, about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 91 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richards and I'm back this week and uh, I'm joined by Barry O'Hanran. Hey Barry. Hey guys. And uh, Will. Hey Will. Hi James, Barry. Welcome back James. Thank you very much. Uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with us, we are on Twitter at PodcastGTS and our email is a gmail.com. So I suppose let's start where we usually start and very briefly look at our own games. I didn't get to play at all this weekend. Um, still working away in the driving range and doing the bits that I need to do. But Barry, you uh, you you picked up a uh, a ham to go with your father's turkey from a few oh, weeks ago. Yo, Hanrahan and Hustlers, I think we're going to call. Yeah, yeah. Hanrahan's will be eating Christmas dinner this year. No imaginary Christmas by the for men. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We went out and hunted them with our golf clubs. <laughs> I did say on the uh, the texture over the weekend that usually you sh- when you shoot your arrows, you miss. So it was nice yeah, yeah. this time you did. Oh, we brought harpoons this time to make sure <laughs> yeah. we got something. Uh, yeah, it was good. Good weekend. Uh, started slow and finished quick on the Saturday. It was two under for the last five holes and should have been four under. A couple of lip outs. So yeah, it's 20, 25 points, twenty four being four, yeah. yeah handicaps. So twelve hole comp at the moment. It was cold on Saturday. It was like this freezing cold northwesterly wind. Was it, it was, windy or was yeah, it like it was, was it just? It was, was it was it tough it was conditions because the scoring was pretty low, like pretty sorry, pretty high for what I would have thought. Because the short course tends to have yeah, but a lot of 28s, It was really in. cold, so the balls not balls flying at least ten percent shorter than it normally would. Your summer distances plus factor in. I mean, on su- when you're into the wind, it was three, maybe four club wind. <laughs> but it was also a different wind. Yeah, it's, it's uh, that is probably one of the toughest wins we can have on our golf course, the Northwester. Yes, it changes a lot. So of the holes on, the, on the first, which is a part three, it's um, left to right. It's pretty much straight off the left. And okay, it's a tiny so, bit of help, but yeah. you're playing two and three across become animals because you're into it's into and off the left, which is one of the hardest wins to play into. And again, just for people who who don't know, Glen of the Downs, uh, two and three are part fours. Par fours, but also very, very tough par fours, and yeah. bounds all along the right hand side, and, and yeah, so will be fairly high <coughs> index. Without well a bad, Glen yeah, of the Downs. Well, you've got the second hole is index four, and the third hole it's is eight. index eight. Yeah. So you've got left to right. The, the second hole is a left to right, is a dog leg left, dog leg right, excuse me. The third hole is a kind of a dog leg right as well. Yeah. You've got out of bounds all on the right hand side, and the third hole is actually tilted. From left to right. Yeah, it's not so, a tight out of bounds. I mean, they're, they're just, they're tough holes in benign conditions, but made very, very difficult in, in this, in this particular wind. And you, you saw that you, I knew the scoring would be low. I still didn't think 25 points in the course of short would get me anywhere near the prizes. But I, I, as I've said week on week for a long time now, I was just really happy with my performance and how I, I put a run of nice holes together after a tough start. Cause, so. Cause there can be a tendency when it's windy that, and a short course that a lot of guys who are a lot higher, Tend to to play underneath the wind and, and get away with it. Yeah. Uh, how did you get on, uh, Will? Uh, well, you played Saturday and Sunday. Didn't yeah, you? Sparry played Saturday and Sunday as well. Yeah, 20, 24 points on Sunday, just not quite as good. So, uh, well, it's been one point less. But yeah, well, I had twenty three <laughs> yeah. and twenty four. Happy weekend anyway of golf. I thought I thought. Listen, it was fine. It was funny enough. Saturday was the twenty three points was 
when I think back to it, it was as good as I was going to get. I didn't mm. leave anything out there. You know, I realistically, I battled around for 12 holes not playing because I, I'm trying to implement changes that my coach has given me, my own coach. Mm. So I'm working on that. So, um, as I said, I'm just happy that, you know, I'm actually beginning to get a bit of rhythm with it. I, I, as I was saying to someone on the weekend, I said every time I'm sitting down into my shot, I keep on defaulting back to the old and then I'm remembering that I have to change to the new and I'm confusing myself. Yeah. So it hasn't bedded in yet. You know, mm. the kind of way that these are the changes. So like, I'm constantly trying to get my hands up and stand up and yeah. you know, all this like, kind of stuff. Like, like so you, you're talking to the converted here on that. And I think when in June, July, August, I was playing really, really well, I wasn't thinking about the swing at all. It, I yeah. was thinking how far to the green. And yeah. I wasn't even thinking anything other than get get the ball in the right place in the stance and just pull the trigger and it was working the moment I have the exact same problem as you have I haven't got all these things that I have to be trying to do to implement and out in the course is not the place to be no. doing it um, like, but winter time is the time to oh absolutely it. definitely in that but for me I want to hit another five, six, seven hundred balls oh, before yeah. you get to the golf course come March time and the season really kicks off that you're just it's all part. It's just there. It's just Bob, Bob Rotella, and I know people have listened to me talk about him before I, I read his book, um, Golf is Not a Game of Perfect, and he specifically says that the last thing you should be thinking on on your 18 holes is anything to do with your swing. swing yeah. You should be thinking on target, your alignment, that's Wind. it, but nothing else. You, yeah. The second you stand and you hit your trigger point, you should not be thinking about your swing. And even if it's going wrong over the 18 holes, just play as you, you, you know... Make the best of what you have and worry about changing the swing when you get off the course. Yeah. Um, One thing I will say with regards to the wind, just as an example of how, how, how tough I found it, on Saturday, right, I hit a, a fairly, fairly good drive down th- the third hole. Mm-hmm. Right? I left myself 132 yards to the middle of the green. The flag was at the front, okay, mm-hmm. which meant it was only 112 yards to the flag. I took out a seven iron, which I can hit 155 without pushing it, like, mm-hmm. you looking away, and I was still seven yards short. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I experienced a couple of those over the weekend, and you're just baffled. I, I couldn't bring myself to make I, a six iron. I, 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 had, something, I, I six had something iron. similar on the sixth. I think I had one, 116 to the front of the green. Now, it's, you're playing uphill, so you have to adjust by maybe five, six, seven yards yeah, yeah. from that place, and the pin was in the back, so it was 142 to the back of the green, and I said, okay, if I can just get this to 135, I'm pitching on that cross slope on the green, I'm getting it to the back of the green. So I got to take a six iron. I came up short of the green. It went to 110 yards, and I hit it pretty good. I was like, oh, here, okay. Look, you just got to laugh in those, those days. days. You can't, can't get out to gauge those days. It's, like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a skill to be able to play in those uh, days. That's the way the God made the game, I suppose. Yeah, so, you know, fun. So, so fun and testing. It's what brings you back. Anyway, we're looking forward to getting James back uh, next week for just... Simply as a selfish point of view for Team McElroy. Yeah, sorry uh, about we've that. We've gone down from we've gone from top of the table to fourth. Yeah, we've lost our last two weeks. games. This, but, uh, this is your winter league team. Yeah, sorry, the winter yeah. league team, which I'm actually in the top four individually. Yeah, it's the only reason he brought so that up. The other, <laughs> the, other, the other eleven, twelve in your team are dragging you down, dragging you back and sore from carrying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So look, uh, talking about people who are going to uh, get tired dragging themselves around is Paul Dunn is going to get a very enjoyable year ahead. Um, he has earned a tour card for the European Tour full exemption for the next 12 months and uh, he's pulling the trigger straight away. And actually, I think we talked about this two weeks ago about the idea of hitting 
Australia and South Africa when a lot of the big, big names aren't around. And Paul Dunn is certainly going to hit the, the ground running and head off there. I think he's just like, if that was me, I'd be so eager to get out there, but play play my first event as a card holder like I'm down there what's the earliest flight I can get can I get an earlier one but as as, as you were saying when the big dogs let's say are yeah. around this is his time to maybe but to me that's less motivation than actually just going down there and the guy he's a pro he wants a challenge this is what he has done best, but this is what he's spent his time doing he's, he's killed himself in Q school he played phenomenally in Q school he didn't have one round over par in all, the whole way throughout which is a superb performance got through that six hole epic kind of uh Playoff as well. Yeah. Like, he's just eager to get out there. I'd say he couldn't care less if he's playing against the top 80 in the world on his first week gate. He just well, wants look, to go. I, I, he's I, not going to dodge it because they're there. Well, yeah, he knows that he can hang with the best from the open. So. Well, I was yeah. going to say, like, let's be honest, like, Paul Dunn is the kind of guy who, you know, he's got, he's got a great future. We know that. We saw that at the uh, open. And, and, and even when we had question marks after the open championship, could he do it on non-links courses and things like that? You know, he has shown that he can go to Madeira, he can go around Europe and play on different types of courses. I, I think the reality is this is a guy who, you know, wouldn't I wouldn't be too far off putting a, a W in the in, in in the you know on the tournament leaderboard over the next couple of weeks. So, Why not? Uh, Why not? Well, he's I'm going to say that in his year, I definitely think he has got one win. Yeah. Confidence is sky high. And one, thing I'll say, one thing I'll say about him is that I was speaking to someone there uh, down in uh, Greystones there just over the last couple of weeks. And this is where Paul Dunn plays his golf yeah, Greystones Paul Dunn golf from club. Greystones Golf Club. Thanks, Barry. Sorry, I keep on forgetting to to uh, to the little points, you know, but uh, they were talking about him and this particular person has played with him quite a lot, right, and knows his game. And he was saying that, um, that literally out of all of those guys who are like the, the new breed of Irish professionals, that he is the best but not because of the fact that he can go out and shoot the best scores it's that he can make the bad days good mm-hmm. the best out of them all and that's so crucial that's the big thing because yeah. any, any one of these guys can go out and shoot 62 63 mm-hmm. you know it's it's when you're when you're struggling to make 72 and they end up making yeah. 76 or 77 and, and he turns into 73 or yeah, even that's 72 that's the massive thing for Paul Dunn and that's what's got him onto this tour, and that's why we want to see him there. And I especially love Shane Larry's comments there, where he turned around and said that he's delighted to have another paddy on the tour. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but I, th- I think the thing for Paul Dunn, it, the one thing it shows is just quite how difficult the Q school is. Uh, unfortunately, none of the other Irish lads got through. It was very difficult. But it's six six rounds, all six consecutive days. And that's just the final stage. And actually, well, no, yeah, this, yeah. well let's, let, just looking at the final stage of it, you know, it's six rounds, six days, and interestingly, Paul Dunn coming out and saying afterwards that, look, this was a situation where the last round, he was in that really awkward position of, does he push on mm-hmm. or does he consolidate? And, you know, he did what he had to do as the 70, did very well. Sorry, 72. But he ended up uh, saying that he was more nervous for that 72 than he was on the final day of the Open <laughs> Championship mm. but uh, disappointing for the other guys uh, that didn't make it um, but let's let's move on to uh, somebody who I'm sure is very disappointed at this and that's Tiger Woods has been named as a vice captain for the Ryder Cup I think it probably indicates Will that this is a situation that Tiger is not going to be playing an awful lot of golf over the next uh, couple of months and certainly not in the lead up to the Ryder Cup. Well, I, funny enough, I don't think his comments that he didn't rule himself out from selection for the Ryder Cup, which means that somewhere deep in his in his mind of minds that he thinks he's uh, 
you know, capable of qualifying or, or leaving himself open as a, as a captain's wild card. You know, <clears throat> I, I think it's a great decision to name him as a vice captain simply because of the fact that they had brought in that, um, you know, the, the, the mind tank mm. uh, after the last Ryder Cup oh, and yeah. Tiger was part of that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if mind tank is the right word. Oh, for it. Was, think yeah. tank. Think, think tank. tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was some great name. Yeah, like, focus group name. or something yeah. like that where they brought in four or five of them like, Big film. Well, it was a whole committee of about 12 or 12. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was the whole population of America couldn't figure out how they got beaten. Uh, but, uh, he, he was part of that, so I think it's great that, you know, he can now be part of it in some capacity. And um, moving on to, I suppose, because there's quite a bit of news, Larry, uh, has been called up to play the Euro-Asia Cup by Darren Clark. Barry, you were looking at this. This is uh, taking place in Malaysia in January. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll have a look at it closer. So I'm just a little thing. You, you know, Larry gets the call from Darren Clark. Yeah, you're playing great, buddy. You've won a WGC. Of course, we want you on the European team to play against the, the Asian team in, I, in Malaysia. So I think probably for Shane Larry, and you know, this is a good opportunity that shows Darren Clark what he can do in match play as well. Big you time. know, as as a potential wild card mm-hmm. that might might struggle to, and no, doubt, and no, and no doubt that's mm-hmm. in in mind as well. No, I sorry, I think he gets on the team by by, by his own by right yeah. and qualification. But if if he falls short or something happens, this is oh, a good yeah, opportunity yeah, yeah. in January for him but to show us yeah, how he like. Should he? I'm sure Darren expects Shane to make the team in one way or another, and this is a good way for Darren to see him in that environment and you know formulate his plans on how or where he'll Who's put he him, where, how he'll deploy him in the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So, um, good for Shane. Well done. I yeah. suppose uh, we can't let the occasion go by without uh, congratulating uh, Ivor Robin- Robson on his uh, announcement as his last uh, announcing tournament and his re- retirement. Forty years. Forty years, and uh, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't have you know an Ivor impression. Like I saw a lot of the tour pros, but I think every time, especially around the Open Championship, which is probably where you hear him much more. You know, we all probably have had his voice in our head at some point mm. on a golf course where you're standing up either on the first, second round of the captains or whatever it is that has, you know, and to the T. Mm. <laughs> so, I've uh, had the pleasure of meeting him once. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see, you kept that quiet. Well, it was only when I was thinking about it, that, it was talking about it there that I actually remember that I met him um, because I was down at, uh, this is years ago now, by the way, so I... I barely remember it, you know, the kind of, but it was one of the European ones in Ireland, mm-hmm. um, the European tour, the, Ireland, the European Open or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was down with my dad and, you know, it was one of those situations where I got an introduction to him. My, my dad would have known him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did he make it? Did you make him say your name? You should have recorded it so yeah. you can play it's it back honestly, for you. It's one of those tape recorders. It was a long time ago. You could have listened to it on his Walkman. I think, I think there was something, I think the funny story about it was, that I actually made some sort of an an, an, an announcement to Ivor, an idiot thing where I turned around because for some strange reason I thought he was linked with Rolex or something like that. <laughs> so I think I made some sort of a joke about Rolex watches and does he work for them? Does he sell them or something like that? Well, if if Ivor is listening, if Ivor is listening at podcast GTS because yeah. we'd love to hear his version. Yeah, and um, could you please send that watch to Will? He's still waiting for it. I was only I was only a child at the time. I was a lovely man. He didn't make any big deal out of it. You know, look at me. I was only like thirteen. I think we all wish him the very best in retirement. Yeah, I think everybody time. says what a such a great gent he is, and uh, the fact that he always had a kind word for everybody turning up on the tee. He was more like yeah, a calming yeah. experience around. Mm. Uh, well, and you see, like, they, they did a, they gave him a presentation of a picture, and all the players were involved in social media videos for this week. So it just shows how oh, big yeah. an influence he's had on the tour and on these guys. And 
best of luck to whoever steps into his boots. Uh, they were going to be sizable, all right. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked um, about the Congru uh, changes in the handicap that's coming in over this year, starting on the 1st of January. And I was looking today, there was a press release by the Golfing Union of Ireland um, with the provisional new handicap rules. And I was actually just, because I'm, I'm a nerd like this, I was looking at it. But there's actually a very interesting... Uh, anomaly in it just for the Irish golfers under um, the GUI and it is that um, as I under now understand it the maximum handicap ha- handicap increase over a 12 month period is going to be 1.0 above your lowest handicaps for those 12 months so this is basically to put that in perspective if I start in January at 11.8. The maximum I can go to is 12.8 over the next 12 months. But if I was to drop to, say, 9.3 in June, the max I could finish at on the 31st of December is 10.3. So whatever, it's it's really going to try and stop the guys who are just going and getting 0.1.1.1.1. But ultimately, it then re- reverts back to your handicap committee to look at your handicap then in the annual review to say Barry had 20.1s in a row in a row but with no handicap reduction he's only entitled to being one shot worse off than he started we need to up him by two, two shots, shots or whatever it is so it, it's very interesting in, the, the really the interesting bit for me was the fact that it is only a GUI mm. thing it is not going to take place in any of the other uh, Congo uh, federations, that being Scotland, Wales, and the UK uh, and, and England, I bet they're watching to see how it, uh, how it works in Ireland in that little bubble, and before hopefully rolling it out because it's, I think it's a great countermeasure to the the bandit culture in golf. Which I mean, we don't know much about it in the UK, and I can only imagine some it, it exists to a certain extent as well, but it's quite prevalent here. I think I think one of the things that um, enabled us to try and deal with the, the point oneers, as uh, I, I saw aptly named in, a, in an article there, mm. um, is that last year, or the year before, the GUI reintroduced the ESORs. Mm. Mm. Now that was something that uh, all the other Congo states actually did up until a year ago, except I, I say Ireland didn't. Right, so we had some sort of a on a what's that what's that term? observation observation. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. But now they brought in the ESOR, which meant that if you shoot if you shot four shots better than your handicap. Um, if twice or three times in the space of six weeks or whatever you got an exceptional scoring so you got your cut and then you got an exceptional scoring cut mm-hmm. um, so they reintroduced that and that's that probably gave them a bit of a you know this thing to kind of develop this along because it meant that these young guys or these older guys were coming down so much quicker to their real handicaps um, you kind of have someone who's starting at 16 or 17 handicap in any given year and then after a month they're already down yeah, to, to, to nine or eight. The, the ESR was definitely set up to try and negate guys, young lads, yeah. you know, especially the kind of 16, 17 year olds and the guys who are making rapid improvements yeah. that they weren't spending three months going slowly down when in fact they should have been playing off much lower handicap much quicker. Yeah. Um, I suppose the idea was to get it back to being a level playing mm. field as quickly as possible. I think this is very interesting. I, 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 I think I, I share Barry's view on this that perhaps Congru are looking at this in terms of Ireland is a good testing pool. Um, let's see how it works. It may not. They they are entitled to opt out in 12 months' time. Now, interestingly, the, the title of the document, which is the provisional draft, is 
a, a handicap regulations for 2016 through to 2018. Mm-hmm. So maybe that it's not open for an amendment until 2018 to give it a genuine go. But it's something that I suppose for people who in Ireland are listening to this podcast, it's, it's something that they probably, um, if they're going to, if they are those point oneers, will <laughs> it's <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> they need to find a lot of open tournaments over the next while. Yeah, or get to know your handicap committee very well. Or but you're, also you know. to, you're also talking about the, the non point oneers. So the good thing with that is, for me, let's say, is that even if I have a bad year next year, mm. which is laced with injury or whatever, that I know that if I start the year at six point five, which I will, that even if I have a terrible year. I can play as much golf as I realistically want yeah. and still only go to 7.5. Yeah, you're not going to point one back Based on handicap, I could actually write a letter to the handicap and say, don't give me any more shots. You know, the kind of way. Mm. I'll take my one shot, but that's all I want. You know, the mm-hmm. kind of way. But I said, that, that's what, where for me now, it would, you know, it takes so long to get down that all of a sudden one year, it can really kind of destroy you. Well, look, it's, it's going to be something we're going to have to keep a very close eye on. I see that the US PGA are, are also looking at implementing a couple of changes. They're a bit slower in bringing it out, but we've had a little yeah. bit of an inclination as to what they're doing, uh, Barry. This, this one's good. I think this counteracts the, um, the ego handicaps you see in the, in the States where you've got... The Bobby O'Donnell. But the Bobby Donnellys. <laughs> the Bobby Donnellys. Yeah, Bob, yeah. Well, let's not name names. <laughs> Actually, in, in all I thought James did very well. They're trying to not so name them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to hide it with the O. I know. I'm, I'm out, actually, no, I'm out of them in all honesty because Bobby's playing phenomenal golf and he is on a very good handicap. He's won a whole bunch of prizes over there. Really? The warm weather and warm wind in the Pacific Northwest is um, certainly do, do wonders for his golf. I think he's off 3.3 or 3.4. Oh, what, what, what are the new changes that he's going to have uh, this year? He, uh, so Bobby can't play any rounds on his own and say that he shot 62. See, that's what the problem was beforehand. Yeah, well, I, I have to say, when I saw this on the agenda today, I was like, it is ridiculous that you can just go and play your own game. Mm. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll give myself that four-footer. <laughs> Thanks very much. Downhill I'm, with I'm the left or Basically, any time you tee it up in the States, more or less... Your range was qualifying for handicap, even if it was just a friendly. You had to, you had to pre-decide that it was going to be counting, though. Was that what it was? I understood right. that you had to also say. It's so you had to go in to your into your clubhouse and actually sign in for okay. the round, and then you had to return your score. Yeah. Well, the, the the whole thing is now that you're playing with somebody, you're not just going out on your own and just write your own cards and the honor system. Writing your own ticket to the tour, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, another five under today. Tour. <laughs> Uh, well, don't eat your heart out. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd be found out pretty quickly. Yeah, well. yeah of course. <laughs> it's kind of like you know, the, the Martin Hyman. On the first tee. <laughs> From Dublin, we, Ireland. We said we were not... Will Griffiths. Yeah. Uh, we said we weren't going to do any Ivor Robson impressions. <laughs> no, 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 you it. said you didn't want to do your Jamaican. <laughs> we're, we're only going to butcher it. Poor Ivor doesn't deserve that. Um, yeah. No, but it's just going to stop people ending up. But I play off minus 6.7, you know, like you know, just like Martin Keimer and Bubba Watson do out of, you know, their yeah, clubs in yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So well, it, it's 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 going to be something that we'll have to look at when they, they come out. And uh, as I said, I'm, I'm a bit of a rules and a regulation nerd, so I have no yeah. doubt I'll, I'll find them. The, re- the rest, yeah, the rest of their announcements are going to come out in a few weeks now. Uh, so uh, they'll have the full thing. I'm, I'm sure the USGA and the Congo, I'm sure, are broadly in line with you know what they're trying to do. You know, it is it's, golf is a worldwide sport, so the 
they yeah. should be kind of on, roughly on the same page in their things. They, they do have a different hand system, so they're I'm they're not sure I necessarily agree with that aspect of well, it. Well, the, the belly putter's gone from both of them, so there's one thing that Well, no, that they, I think the big Or the, the anchored putters. Stuff, but, uh, I'm not sure. That, well, that's the rules of golf, not the handicap system, so I'll just throw that in there. They are I on, object. They are in terms of the rules. I don't know in terms of the handicap. Um, well, it seems like both unions are moving towards eliminating this bondage culture, whether it be to the low end or to the high end of uh, scoring. So well, we're trying to get it back to a fair playing field, and I think that that that's definitely where well, we're at. I, I think that they're both highlighting the particular questions and topics that people have been bringing to the forefront with regards to hand, uh, handicaps and the bandit, the bandit society. So, so let's look at the the week that's been and what's in the history books, which is the C. ME Group Tour Championship, which is on the LPGA Tour, and uh, Christy Kerr captured this championship for the second win of the season and the 18th of her career with a share, and again, people will now know I'm reading this, but I will, with a share of the 54-hole lead along with uh, Han Nak Jang. Kerr carded a final round, 468 to win by one stroke at 17 under par. She drained a 35-footer uh, for birdie on the 15th hole, along with an eagle putt at the par 5, 17th to pull ahead of Yang. World number one, Lydia Ko, won the season-long race to the CME Globe for the second consecutive year, as well as the Player of the Year honours. Inby Park won the 2015 Vera Vera Trophy, earning the 27th and final point needed to qualify for the LPGA. Hall of Fame. Okay, so. next time I write your piece that you're going to read out, I'm going to put in some like little sleeper words that like, trip you up or, no, you know, or, or some rude thing. I don't the know. Fact that I'm going to say, we'll just do the Ron Burgundy thing that, you know, yeah. it's everything. The award that Inby Park won, this is unbelievable, okay? So that's the scoring award for the year. For the whole year. She won it by three shots. Wow. Three shots over an entire season. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Um, they, they did get to... There was a bit of this on Sky Sports, actually, over the course of the, the weekend, so I, I, I got to see a little bit, but it was up earlier in the week, so I have said... I tuned in yeah. on Sunday for a good bit of it, actually. Um, it was, because that was the prime feed on Sky Sports, because this is the, the big, it was a bigger event. Yeah, it's a race to Dubai, in effect. Yeah, it was, it was, it was on it for, for an hour and a half or something each day. Yeah, yeah. Between half four and seven, six o'clock or something like that. Um, uh, Christy, there, was, there was live feed that there day. was live feed hey, listen just don't worry about the TV the TV schedules and all Christy Kerr is just some competitor yeah, she yeah. like you, the focus that woman has when she's in the heat of the battle like for her shots it's so determined it's incredible and uh, brilliant brilliant performance to win was she part of the remember there was a top there was like remember we spoke about last week it was the top nine who could have got that one million bonus she obviously wasn't part of that because if she won the competition and didn't win the bonus yeah, but sure. Those the points were scaled from one to nine. Those are points reset. So, okay, yeah. Um, the Lydia Co finished high enough to end uh, to end up winning it. Yeah, okay, um, yeah, yeah. So she she actually didn't genuinely know when she fin- when she played the last hole. She effectively three put it because she was just off the green, but she rammed the first one about five six foot by, and then mi- and then missed that one. And thought that that had, you know, might might have cost her the one million dollars, yeah, right. but uh, ended up being she was actually she was, she was saved by. She had one more shot to play with, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh... Well, I was to Chrissy, Lydia, and Imbi. 
Yeah. You know, for each Big winners. different, yeah. Cha-ching. And listen, so Indy Park, Indy, uh, Indy Park got into the Hall of Fame. Not yet, no, she no, needs. No, she's qualified. The LPGA Hall of Fame is it's absolutely so ridiculous. ridiculous. You need to jump through about 800,000 flaming hoops and with spikes on them. It's just crazy. Was, it, was there some sort of an issue? Isn't your, uh, your one not getting into it or trying, finding it very difficult to get into it? Laura Davies. She yeah. did she get I it? Don't know, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, she was inducted into the yeah. Golf Hall of Fame. Was it last year? I think that was the general. Oh, okay. I, I think they've changed. There used to be a requirement that you had X amount of majors and X amount of wins, and it was very. Yeah. But they did change it. But we'll we'll, we'll look at it. Indy Park still needs to play another year on tour to get into it. Maybe like, do, do these golfers actually? Do, do you imagine they care about being getting into a Hall of Fame? Well, not when they start playing golf. I'm sure once they've gone through a career of playing golf, really, then they might care about it if they feel that their career was good enough to deserve. I, I, th- I think they do. Yeah. I, I think they. Uh, why wouldn't you? you? You look at the alumni that's part of that. That's that's a pedestal that p- people are put on, and um, you know that's that's like saying you know do people who get into the NFL Hall of Fame do they really care? I, I think yes. It's a, it's a recognition of your peers that you mm. are over and above. The normal tour players. This is a very select group that get in, and it's it's even higher quality than uh, you know because there's there's guys who have won majors who have not been you yeah, know inducted not into inducted into the Hall of Fame. And there's also people so who refused it. Didn't Tom Watson refuse it? He did because of the behaviour last year. He refused his on the behavior of his good friend who is the president yeah. of the US PGA after the Ryder Cup. So uh, yes, Ted in his tweets. Thanks for um, backing me up there, James, because I wasn't 100% sure. It was nearly one of Will's famous hiccups. No, 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 that's yeah, really you're right. Making uh, their podcast presenters date themselves. Yeah. And, and it is definitely one of those ones that you, you are looking at as a player who hasn't got in it. But I, 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 I think that for any player, whether it be the LPGA or whether it be the, the European Tour golf generally, I think, yeah, I, they don't set out, as Will says, to go, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. They want to win majors. They want to win tournaments. Yeah, I'm just curious but whether... I do the, think they want it. I'm just curious whether the tournaments would be enough of a reward in their own right, to, you know, performing that well to win those tournaments, or to, do you need that extra ego boost to be told, oh, you to, are, to, you're in this group that is better than everybody else. We all want, we all have, we all want ego boosts. That's but I, yeah, to put it in perspective, I read an interview with Laura Davis, who was unable to attend her induction mm-hmm. and she was absolutely gutted and said it was one of the biggest disappointments now this was only last year yeah. that it was one of her big disappointments in life that she didn't get to go to the induction in the Hall of Fame so I think if it doesn't mean anything certainly for some people they, they hide it pretty well um, as much as I think when you you know you win your academy I'll invite you important. to, to one. my induction into the Hall of Fame <laughs> in Glen of the Downs <laughs> already in that one <laughs> Uh, Will's back garden pitch and book course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a future Hall of Famer where, where I think we can probably say that fairly safely is uh, Rory McIlroy, who won the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai in the Jumeirah Golf Estate. Love you, Rory. And this was obviously the end of the season. It was the end of season World Tour. It was the race to Dubai, and um, and he did the Dubai double, uh, winning both the tournament and the race to Dubai for the second time in his career, and. Not without a little bit of um, heart and mouth stuff, I think. Certainly around the 17th and the 71st hole and putting it in the water. Before we came live on air, um, Barry made the comment that Andy Sullivan was unlucky not to win this. 
Will uh, nearly coughed and spluttered and nearly fainted. Barry, explain, before we talk about Rory McIlroy, because we are going to straight after, why was Andy Sullivan unlucky not to win this tournament? Rory holds a 40-footer on 17. Just leave it at that. A 40-footer is, is way beyond the realm of normal, you know, I hold that once in every so. That's a 1 on 30, say, 135, 140. Is this not what makes Rory one of the world's best and puts him in the same category of your Tigers where when he had to do it that 30 footer looks like a 3 foot tap in hang on a second let's go all the way back to the ninth hole right Andy Sullivan pulls his tee shot off the off the tee into a gaping bunker down the fairway right he then nearly plugs his ball in yeah. the, with the second shot it gets out of the bunker he lands it on the green has to play under a tree Puts it out to the back of the green and then chips in. Easy par. Easy par. As the commentators turned around and said when he got it in, they said, oh, that looked like a par all day. Absolutely. Not a chance. <laughs> so for every bit of, everyone has their luck. You know yeah, yeah. He got away with it. McElroy's unlucky one shot that he hit all day happened to be on an island green. And he did the exact same thing as he did on Thursday, except he got even more unlucky. He tried to trap the ball, but he was, uh, he was caught between a five and a six iron, uh, for the shot and, uh, he got out. He got out ahead of it. Just I think he, he pushed it right. Did he? Oh, right. Uh, it's not the, the, the because uh, wasn't it? Was it Sergio earlier in the season that said when Rory gets a little bit worried or isn't on his game, he tends to to push it to the right. Oh so yeah, big time. Maybe showed a bit of the nerves that what this tournament not only meant to him, but obviously the the title of the you know the winner of the race to Dubai. During the week, I heard Rory give an interview much earlier. I think it was Monday, Tuesday of last week, saying, you know, I took last week off thought the guys wouldn't get quite as close to me. Then when I was looking at it over the weekend, got a little bit nervous because I thought I might have gone into this second. Delighted to have it in my own hands. If I win this tournament, I win the race to Dubai. I thought they were good fighting words and they were the right thing to say in the um, in the media tent. But he proved that perhaps this is where he wants to be, you know, having to go out and win a tournament and uh, he stepped up and played phenomenal his ball striking and the putter were pretty hot this week yeah it was I, I thought his wedges on Sunday were pretty poor he, pretty was, poor he, three wedges in a row were like what the hell Like well, we could hit those to that distance from the hole and, yeah. and you well could, Will could and I could yeah thanks I didn't want to bring that <laughs> up but you're probably right but yeah who's so sitting on a Christmas ham here James that's all I'm going to say right there was one moment that actually was a great I think it was uh, on the 10th hole right mm-hmm. the 10th hole it was the second time he had the wedge in his hand and uh, Andy Sullivan had just gone in uh, left at 20 foot you know and Radar turned around and went okay come on Rory second time with the wedge in your hand you got to pump this in close right then all of a sudden he hit his shot and he turned to the right. So something happened. And for the life of me, I can't figure out what happened in the crowd. Mm. Because uh, he started, he used a bit of bad language and so Obviously not, it was just in the heat of the moment kind of thing. Like, is it something like, you know, ah, F sake or something like that. You know, that kind of way. And, uh, but even Andy Sullivan was walking, if you saw it on the cam- or the TV, was walking kind of behind him and they were talking to each other and Andy was kind of saying, that's not on or... So I, you know, I think a photo or something like that. Mm. Someone tried to take a photo, or clicked, you know, a bit like Sergio Garcia a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, he's on the green. So even at that scenario, but like you're right, his wedges were a little bit off. Uh, but his driving was ridiculous. Did you see the pro tracer was 380 yard drive, 
Um, like the sound of the hit on this ball, I, I can't believe the ball just didn't explode. It was ridiculous. And who was it? Tony, I think it was Tony Johnson was commentating. He's like, oh, he's going to need to fly that bunker. It's 325 to fly it. And the ball cruised over it. I'd say, I'd say it pitched about 345. I think they were, they were laughing, weren't they? Oh, yeah. They were kind of going, this is ridiculous. It, it was in another part of, the, part, fair, part, another the, part of the fairway where the guys were hitting to. Like, he's, oh, that was the 16th wow. hole and he did it twice. And Saturday and Sunday he did both like 366 yards on Sunday. But yet, again, he had a wedge in his hand mm-hmm. and he pumped it like, you know, 20, 20 foot. 20 foot right of the hole. You know? Yeah. Like, the fact of it is that when he gets his game together, like he did that, and he did that without having his wedge game together. You know that kind of way. Um, so once he gets his wedge game together, that guy is unstoppable. That, that's how good he is. That's how good he is. And it was look, it's a phenomenal win. He knew he needed to go out and win this week. I mean, regardless, that was that was the, the objective was go out and win, and I'm European number one. And he went and did it, which is just brilliant. And we love to see it. And in his own words, he said it turned. What he thought was a mediocre year into, uh, I think he said it was an A grade year. So he's very happy with yeah. it. You know, not an A plus, no, but a. no, no. But it's still very good. You know, uh, yeah. all things considered, with the, <laughs> the, the foot injury, missing the Open Championship, not being back fit, fully fit for the PGA. And I think I think it should be put in perspective because we do sometimes forget this that you know this is his third victory this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he won the Omega Dubai Desert Classic, the WGC Cadi- Cadi- Cadillac match play in the DP World Tour Championship he's had numerous top 10s since he's come back I see this week he has said you know since the victory that his aim is to try and not not you know beat Jordan Spieth or these guys but he's going to go out and play as best he can for the next 10 to 15 years and try and dominate this sport and to see where that takes him at the end Mm -hmm. look back it's very interesting to see him say that but also the fact that you know he said I'm not going to allow and this is a shift in attitude over the course of the season because he kind of came out after the, he did the foot injury saying, look, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm human. I was messing around with the lads, playing a bit of football. That's, that's life. Now he's coming out saying, I realize how that dented my season for six months. I'm going to think twice about this from now on mm. because I have maybe 10 or 15 years at this game and I want to, really give it a go and, and really not give it a go but like he wants as many majors he wants as many tournaments like this is his 12th European Tour victory in 155 you know he wants to add a huge amount of that to that but it's interesting to see the shift in attitude taking it seriously just one, one interesting approach there I just picked up on is that um, he's not talking about developing a rivalry or he goes I don't care who I'm playing against he just wants to go out and win so he doesn't care if it's Day or Speed or Tiger comes back or he's Phil or Ricky, he's not looking to develop a rivalry. That's all for the press, I say, as far as he's concerned. He just wants to go out and beat whoever's playing really good that week and if he plays better than them, then he wins. Let's look. It's a good mind shift to have. The beauty know? of the, the beauty of this thing with his win at the DP Championship is that the world rankings took uh, a change for the, not the overall result of the rankings, but you're now looking at, I think, Jordan Smith is obviously on top. I think he's 11.8. Uh, then you've got uh, Jason Day, 11.7, and now McElroy is 11.4. Certainly tightened all. It's all tightened up, everything like, up. It's very tight. Now, and then you go down to eights. Eights for uh, the fourth person. I can't remember whether it's uh, Bubba Watson. Bubba or, Watson, then Rose. It's actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the three of them are pretty tight together. Would it be right? Within half days, point, and they're within fourth? half point, and they're pretty much, they're, they're all, all but four points clear of Bubba Watson. Yeah, maybe. yeah. The, the world rankings, the world rankings, it's... Let, let, let's very briefly look at a few other names, because I think, you know, we looked 
had Andy Sullivan, Brandon Grace, Matthew Fitzpatrick, um, Molinari, Swartchill, Danny Willett. You know, they were all in the top ten. Big names that were at this tournament. Um, another impressive week by Sullivan. Another impressive week by Fitzpatrick and Willett. Can you see those players particularly staying with the European Tour or perhaps spreading their eagle wings and heading to the States as quickly as they can? I think you see Fitzpatrick stay around. Molinari's a European Tour player all day long. Yeah, all day long, yeah. Um, and congratulations to him on his, his hole-in-one at the weekend. Oh, yeah, that was, that was nice. On Sunday, yeah. yeah exactly. And he nearly, nearly had a hole-in-one on the 17th as well. Laughing all the way up to the green. No, I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. But it's an interesting question because, like, the money is on the PGA Tour. Um, the big thing is, will the money increase, you know, on the European Tour? Well, I, I spoke last week to Barry on the phone and we were, I was talking about the, the new, um, the new president whose name now escapes me. CEO, uh, uh, CEO he's, uh, he's Canadian. He's just taken over on the tour. Peter's and yeah, we'll come back to Barry. We'll get in a second, but he was Keith, giving a very Keith Pelly. Keith Pelly, and he was giving a very long, a very detailed interview um, a week and a half ago, where he said, "Look, you know, we've we've dropped the amount of events for the European Tour down to five, so that obviously increases the amount of people that might be interested in staying on." I see Paul Casey. I think it is has, has decided to decline, um, regardless of the change. He has said no mm-hmm. for family and personal reasons. Um, so he's out of the Ryder Cup next year but he's saying look we've got to be competing where our flagship event the BMW in Wentworth was on the same weekend as a second rate event in America and there was a million pounds more in prize money over in America than there was for the so called flagship event of the, the European Tour and that he needs to get out there and, and the European um companies and all of these guys need to start pumping a lot more money into these events, turning the top events into $10 million, $7 million, $6 million, you know, rather than looking at like... Three or four million. Obviously this week was $8 million was the pot for for the Dubai, but that's that's the end of the season. That's a big, big pot. Most of the time they're talking four, four and a half, five million at the most. Mm Mm-hmm. Obviously, it makes sense for these guys to go to the States because of that. So really, it looks like it's a funding issue to try and keep a lot of these players on the tour is, is going to come down to... There's two cash. sides to everything, right? The <coughs> first and foremost, like I believe that it shouldn't be a case that... Okay, this is only my own opinion, right? So it's a ridiculous amount of money, no matter what way you look at it. It's a shame that there is that you know the discrepancy between the two tours... Uh, but at the same time, it shouldn't really be a case of um, the Euro Tour having to go up. I think it should be a case of the American PGA Tour coming down. And you're catching that ceiling, like you know, they could Why would the PGA Tour do that, though? Well, I don't know. That's why it's only my own opinion. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything to back it up. I'm just going to say that, like, they're playing for ridiculous amounts of money now. Like for the guys who are, you know, like even when McElroy won on Sunday, it wasn't even a case that it was for the money. You know the Kanoe, so it didn't matter. You know, now to other people it matters. You know the Kanoe, money matters. Uh, but well, I think it matters insofar as you're, you're in a situation where you've got to pay your flights, you've got to pay for your, you know, you, you've got a lot of ground. They do say, look, 
I, I don't think if we look back in this podcast in 10 years or 15 years, I'm not sure we're talking every week about the Euro, Euro Tour and the PGA Tour. I think we're becoming a very rapidly growing global sport. The European Tour has Australia, South Africa, Asia. You know, the European Tour isn't even really a European Tour. It's the European Tour because they spend most of the, the summer the European summer in Europe. Yeah. The rest of the time, they're traveling around the world. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how long it will be until the PGA and the, the the European tour sit down and try and work something out. What that looks like, don't yeah, ask yeah. me. But you know, there is there's definitely scope there. Does does the like the US PGA? They've got the best players in the world, and you know they have they have the money. It's the same, I suppose, as as the Premier League in soccer over, you know, the Dutch League. If the money is in the Premier League, that's where the best players are going to go to. And at the moment, the money and the, the sponsorship is in the States. And that's, and that's the key thing. The sponsors obviously see the value there and they're willing to put that amount of money into that tour because they're getting a bang for their buck over there. Whereas on the European Tour, that they just haven't quite found a way for to get the sponsors to pitch that extra bit of money into it. And it's not and for the ones that ever get that bang for their book again now because Jordan Speed has arrived. But there was two seasons there where they didn't have their All American hero. No, but it's taken good steps in the last while. I mean, you see, like you see steps like to do Dubai Duty Free are now increasing their prize money allocation to the Irish Open. And yeah. there's there's good steps being taken in the European Tour, and you can see progress coming in. That they, they, it is getting bigger, and it is a more global product. And I think they are uh, capitalizing on their presence in all of these countries in all around the world obviously the US accepted because they don't go there but you know in all the parts of the world they reach to they're capitalizing on their exposure there and the brands and I'm going to throw one bigger. thing out and, and we'll, we'll move on very briefly after it but do you think that if they because there's three majors in the US that a lot of the guys in the lead up to those tournaments want to play two or three weeks in the lead up to the Masters in the lead up to the US Open. You know, there's, there's, because there is so much focus that three quarters of the majors are that mm-hmm. side, that already they're looking at going, well, I'm going to play this tournament, then I have the Players' Championship, now I can come back to Europe for a week, but I could take a week off here, play two weeks in the lead up to the, and all of the stuff comes thick and fast. Mm-hmm. And other than July, they come back to Europe for for the Open Championship. But the reality is that maybe the fact that the majors are all over in the states is the reason why that that gravitational pull for the top hundred players in the world mm. is in the states, and, and they're willing to play those. Very events. good, very good point, yeah. And. Um, Let's look at the US for for a moment because uh, last so that was I didn't actually say a very good point. That was me nodding away to myself yeah. in agreement, <laughs> just in case because I forget sometimes I'm on the podcast. Um, <laughs> last week uh, the RSM Classic um, took place, and Kevin Kisner, um, Kisner, 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 Kisner. Yeah. I suppose you can probably say it either shows way. Shows James did not watch the RSM Classic this weekend. You would have heard his name a lot on comment. Well, look, you can say it either way. You know, obviously mine is right, theirs is wrong. Uh, but he eventually got over the line um, after a few weeks. Um, Barry, is this well deserved? Is this is this a culmination in the last couple of weeks of player in form, oh, just yeah. being pipped by a few other guys? But you know, are we happy to see him? But he's been steadily improving his game over the last three years. Um, you know, he went from one of the worst ball strikers on tour to you know, he went from 198 to 130th uh, 
the year after, then he went to like 60th, and this year I think he's in the top 20 in ball striking. And mm-hmm. This week was phenomenal. He led the field in proximity as a whole. He was one of the top ball strikers in the week. And he's putting, putting very well also. Add all those together, and you are going to win by six strokes in a tournament record, 22 under par. And he only made two bogeys for the whole week. So yeah. this, this, everything came together. It was a perfect storm from this week. He lives really close by. He's actually renting a house there in St. Simon's Island, I think, uh, or very, very close to it at the moment while his own house has been renovated. He's all the good vibes are I'd there. I'd say he's getting a new bathroom in already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get rid of that old shite tiles. Bring in the marble. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> It, 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 for all the world, it looked like this was just going to be his tour from the start. But he still had to go out and do it, and it was a great performance. And good to see somebody who's had so many. He's had five top twos, I think, of the last uh, yeah. last season. Yeah. So it's good to see somebody who's come that close, getting over the line, mm-hmm. getting his win, and did it emphatically. So and certainly a phenomenal weekend, sixty four, sixty four. Um, Graham McDell, um, winner seven days ago, um, looked. At one point over the weekend, early on Saturday, kind of late Friday, Saturday, it did look like he was just slowly, you know, drawing him in. And then all of a sudden I looked back at the leaderboard and Kevin had, had just gone ahead again with the 64. Um, good things for Graham McDowell. Good, dare I say, could this be another breakout season for him? Another breakout season you know, for could, could we Could we be looking at the fact that this wraparound season is a... Is a good thing for him. Guys, I don't, I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a really, really daft statement here. But first and foremost, I'm not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that bit out. Uh, obviously, McDowell has been great, and he made a very, very good decision. Um, we spoke about this last week, Barry, to to avoid the Dubai swing. Yeah, because he wasn't going to really make. He didn't think himself that he was going to make it to the, the Tour Championship. And kind of cleared his head because yeah. of writing off season is over. Yeah, let's start a new season afresh, right? Mm-hmm. Now, he went off and he did and he won the competition last week, or the week before last, and then he went out again and obviously fresh with the, uh, with the, the zest of winning the competition. Now, you can't beat someone like Kevin Kistner when he's playing like that. He was a man possessed. And some of the shots that he was hitting, some of the putts that he was getting, you know, it was just a pleasure to, to see it. You know, that can I, Fair play to Martell for like I think he, what's he he was in the top three wasn't he Yeah third yeah, so third, 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 third that's yeah. a win and a third in his last two events Big points in the FedEx Cup more ranking points he's back into the world's top fifty now he should think, probably stay there by the edge He'll stay outside the top fifty Oh is he He think he's number fifty three Anyway yeah, look, he's, he's number fifty three in the world rankings having been number eighty five two weeks ago Wonderful stuff Big he, time. the guy's happy out you can't make him any happier really yeah. at the moment So well, we we were talking at the beginning of this program about Paul Dunn going to the Alfred Dunhill Club. Uh, in South Africa, someone like Ray McDowell maybe had a word from the likes of Porrick Harrington, uh, Roy McElroy last year going down to Australia, I think, and winning mm-hmm. when he had a very bad, you know, bad season, but wasn't really there or thereabouts. Getting that win for somebody like Ray McDowell, Paul Casey as well, you, you know, those guys, the confidence they take from a win, wherever it is in the world, puts that spring in their step. All of a sudden, they're not talking about it's been sixteen months, seventeen months, nineteen months yeah. since I last won. Seven days. It's, it's you know <laughs> it's, it's seven uh, days. But he's now he can look back and I suppose for him he's got his tour card in theory for the next two years. You know, I, Masters, I, I assume U.S. Open for the U.S. Open. You know, all of that is there, so he can now play much more relaxed. That yeah. burden is off his shoulders. Probably made a good bit of money out of the likes of the sponsors for winning tournaments. More sponsors are interested. It's just a feel-good factor for someone like Ray McDowell. And now puts him very much 
right in contention again for a Ryder Cup spot, which perhaps sure. wasn't there mm. maybe six weeks ago if we were talking about Graham McDowell, we'd have said, <laughs> come on, lads. Not really. Can I make my daft statement? Oh, I thought you had. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Can, I, can I make another daft statement, though? Absolutely. I am at this stage going to call a four Irish person representative in the European Ryder Cup team. Oh, can we, uh, so, hold on. Rory. Rory. Not Will Griffith. Shane Rory, Lowry. Shane. Graham McDowell. And Paul Dunn. Wow, that's, that is a big call for Paul. Mind you, the consistency that he has is the kind of guy that could actually just keep knocking Match top play. 20s and Match top. Play. Match play do you think he gets on merit or do you think he gets I think he uh, might Darren get, I, Clark I don't, I don't know yeah, how he's he, going to he get he doesn't it. get a pick he needs to get. He needs to earn his way on that team I don't know what no about poor old Borg you can make it a okay. five way Hang on. no 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 okay so <laughs> when it comes to like he's not going to get a pick now the only thing about when it comes to wild cards is the fact that what, what someone like uh, Darren Clark will generally do is I'm not second guessing Darren Clark here but that he'll see, okay, oh, well, Poulter didn't make it in by automatic, or Westwood didn't make it in. If he has a team of rookies, he'll pick... He has to pick a bit of experience. experience. Yeah, yeah, if he has so. a team of experience, he could go with rookies. Yeah. Can I just... I, 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 we will talk in much greater Sorry, detail that is about, just my Rory, my, my, that's my dad about, about Ryder Cup. My only issue with that is highly unlikely that Paul Dunn is going to get to play too often in the US. It's a very, very volatile crowd it's going to be very boisterous if it was in Europe I think that might have been slightly less that's a very, that's mad, a very valid point let's look at next week in South Africa we've talked about Paul Dunn uh, Barry they're off to the Alfred Dunhill in uh, Leopard Creek Golf Club in Malalani I'm going it in South Africa yeah. so See, the reason why I pass it on to yeah, Barry this time is yeah, I wasn't yeah, touching yeah. that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the South African Swing and the European Tour commences this is the first tournament of the 8th race to Dubai they do not even take a week off they just get straight into the swing of things and uh, well here we go the, obviously the South Africans are swarming down there yeah. uh, the field is led by Brandon Grace at 4-1 to one. Charles Schwartzel is 13-2 to two. did you see him flying the helicopter last week in Dubai 8.5 he, million he's got a he's got a, um, he's got a pilot's license so he was flying the chopper from the course back to the hotel and yeah. the guys were going with him it's great uh, Louis Eusthausen 8-1 to one. Lucas Bjerregaard 18-1 to one. Jakob Van Zyl is 28-1 to one. Romain Wattel 30-1 to one. Alexander Levy and Yus Lauten are thirty-three to one. Thomas Aiken thirty-five to one, and the rest of the field are forty to one. Find Paul Dunn for me, and uh, Paul Dunn is. Being you you right said now. boom will right fifty to one. Paul Dunn fifty to one. There you go. Jacko Van Zyl is going to win that competition. Well, there you go. Well, Will's the hot hand here. He picked G Mac. <laughs> he did. He and did. McElroy. And McElroy. Yeah, you picked Rory every time. And I went G Mac again, who came third. Going for a trifecta. I'm going to go Jacko Van Zyl for that. Jacko Van Zyl is. So um, uh, good luck to the guys. Um, and I, Paul I, Dunn, I, and Paul, oh my God, Paul Dunn, he's got so much luck. He actually might, you know, my burden his shoulders. It'd be a interesting. Bit. To see, what, how Hopefully, many places that they play paying uh, on, on the green bookies? Yeah. Uh, five places. Five places. Well, we'll we'll have a look. At so best, be of, best of luck to everybody teaming up there, and they're all hoping for a great start to this I, yeah, year's race. I have a feeling is this the tournament that you tend to get 
you know, quite a lot of wildlife just wandering around the yeah. forest at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. it's just in the middle of it. It's like, oh, there's a crocodile on the 17th green. Mm-hmm. We'll wait a few that minutes. That was amazing Jamaican accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not I, I, obviously, that was Barry trying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, ge- in general, yeah, generally, the South Africans, the courses are right beside that wildlife, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. They uh, are playing you, another you tournament. Um, there is nothing happening on the US with the LPGA at the moment, but the Australian Open is taking place. And uh, yeah, so Barry, you everybody you remembers it. This from last year, this is the one where Jordan Speed shot the, the 64, which Rory said was one of the best rounds he's ever seen. With the conditions, the, you may as well watch me. Play. May as well have been, oh god, may as well have been playing on concrete. The course is that hard and fast. So um, obviously, Jordan is the tournament favorite at 15 to eight. Like that is short. Uh, Adam Scott, who had a weird Saturday last week, is six to one. Still hasn't quite figured out the putting woes, and or the putting was okay, but the long game went off, and he still hasn't figured out how to I save himself. Seventy-eight or seventy-nine. Seventy-seven, I think it was. Or like for us, that's for an amazing him. Score. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark Leishman is. I'd say he'd be delighted when he hears this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our um, podcast GTS. We should be so <laughs> yeah, yeah, lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tweet a thumbs up, would you? Um, Mark Leishman, 18 to 1. John Sandon, 20 to 1. Matt Jones, 25 to 1. Peter Uline, 28 to 1. Stephen Bowditch, 33 to 1. As uh, Lee, Lee Westwood and Marcus Fraser. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who came uh, backdoor, like I think it was top three last week with a good yeah. final round with his flat cap. Um, he's 40 to 1, as are Brett Rumford, George McNeil, Ryan Fox, and Cameron Smith, and the rest of the field are 50 to 1 and out. Alright, well, I suppose that's, that, they're the runners and riders. I got nothing. That's, that's got taking nothing. place in the Australian Golf Club in Sydney. I, I, I just go Jordan Speeth, because <laughs> has every chance. Yeah, of course. He's, he's such a player chance. that, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he'll probably go out and say, hit well, 78 the first day and then do 61, 61, 61. Can't see him finishing outside the top five the form he's in. You really can't. Uh, but yeah, you need no, to put a lot of value on putting him at 15 days. Yeah. Right, well look, that's that's the week that is and the week that was. Uh, thank you, Barry. Uh, looking forward to playing on Saturday with you, Will. We're not playing at the weekend, but uh, Just go team enjoy Michael. it and uh, we will uh, talk to each of you guys next week. Anybody who wants to get in contact with the show, at Podcast GTS is the Twitter handle, a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. Any thoughts, especially around maybe the handicap side of things, let us know. We will talk to you all again next week. Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.